Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Peter Gorell. He's got a very exciting new album out. It is called Birdie's World. Uh, one of the singles off that, Around the Bend, has a very, uh, what would you call it, throwback style music video, which I'm going to really pick your brain over and much more. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kelly. So this Around the Bend video, are you going like old school VHS on it? Yeah, I got a um, a flip camera. Uh, it's like a camcorder from 2007. Um, yeah, I really, I wanted it to have that kind of vintage uh, look, kind of nostalgic feel. And what's the response been? Because I know when you see footage like that, kind of stops you in your tracks it's been good um my girlfriend carrie actually um she shot and uh edited the footage um and she's one of you know my favorite visual artists if not my favorite um and i i think she did a really good job um now the mission is just to get more people to see it but for the people that have seen it um the response has been good uh, she did a really good job. Well, here's what's interesting about your story. So you do, I guess, what you would call indie pop meets soft rock. But, you know, something with kind of almost like a a 70s soft rock edge. And like in this, you know, contemporary music world of, you know, rap, EDM, uh, what's it like to kind of boldly go out there with this style? It's interesting. Um yeah, I, I feel like um, kind of like a, a needle in a, in a haystack, so to speak. Um, of course, you know, I'm not the only person, you know, that's inspired by classic rock. But I feel like when I'm throwing myself out there, mostly it's, um, you know, people my age are more into the kind of contemporary pop sound. Um, so it makes me appreciate finding people like myself that much that much more um and yeah so what did your parents listen to when you're growing up i'm guessing like some bread and then maybe some um you know the classic 70s soft rock or actually you're so young your parents probably you know listen to 90s music oh yeah my my parents are they uh so my dad is uh 65 and and my mom's 63 so yeah they when I was in the back seat of their cars, they're listening, you know, mainly the Beatles is what I, I started out on. Um, my mom had uh, like the Beatles one CD with all of their big hits. And I just absolutely fell in love and completely immersed myself in the world of the Beatles. And then stemming out from there, Crosby, Stills and Nash, James Taylor, Jackson Brown, um, you know, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, so I'd say like the Beatles were kind of like my introduction to classic rock, like many people, but kind of followed that that uh, that inkling. Wouldn't you love to write a song like Eleanor Rigby? Oh my God, In incredible, incredible! <laughs> well, and I, yeah, and I like how you said Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Uh, well, what's your favorite of their music? um that's that's a good question um i'd say uh 
I really like uh, Teach Your Children. That's one of my, it's kind of a heartwarming song. I like that. And, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm very close in age to your parents, so I totally get that frame of reference. And are you encouraged that, the, you know, the younger generation is embracing music from that era? Absolutely. Um, I Something of you know, like when I was, you know, like uh, in middle school and high school, I wasn't seeing it as much, but with, I'd say, you know, social media is a double-edged sword, TikTok's a double-edged sword, but one of the great things is kind of this like resurgence of classic rock that I'm seeing on there and kids getting into all that good stuff. So that's that's been really great to see. Now you went to Berkeley School of Music which to me is, you know, right up there with Juilliard and just, you know, all the very prestigious music schools. What did you get out of that? I feel like um, I just, I really, it, it honed almost every aspect of my my musicality. Um, definitely, like, just expanded my kind of, horizons and in, in terms of music and what I listen to and how I write and how I listen, you know, like critical listening and um, all that stuff kind of comes together to to really, I, I feel like it really, it just improved, you know, when I went to go and actually record music for myself, you know, thinking about every facet of the recording as opposed to just like one cohesive thing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, f I feel like um, just help help me grow a lot as as a musician. And was your emphasis on songwriting there? It was, yes. And you know, I've had a lot of talks with people. You know, you can learn music theory and analyze songs, but with songwriting, isn't a lot of it also intuitive and something you're born with? Absolutely. Um, there's. Um, you know, it's. I feel like a lot of the song, um, songwriting classes were kind of structured around that idea. A lot of it um, was left to you, but they would give you, you know, parameters to write inside of. Um, and I feel like that really challenged me in in a good way. Um, and also, just you know, the the lyrical aspect of it. You know, you know, yeah, and music is such, a, it's a tough one because you want that grounding in music theory. You know, you want to learn from, you know, good teachers, but at the same time, you just have to spend just a lot of hard work doing it on your own. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Has that um, always been you? Like, are you a good self-starter? Yeah, I'd say... Um, I'd say I I'm really good at kind of <laughs> isolating myself and just digging in um, like all throughout, you know, high school up until now. I just, you know, love to kind of have that alone time. It's almost very like therapeutic to me. And I'd love to be able to actually branch out of that and and work um with with other other people you know and in, in kind of like a band setting and you know like i already work with people in terms of like production 
but it would be really nice to really like put a band together and um you know get out of that kind of to that kind of um i don't know that solo kind of lone wolf mentality all right because even though like you have a full sound on the album and you want to do a band do you think at heart there's part of you that is like the the classic coffee house singer songwriter there on the acoustic guitar absolutely i think that and even making this album that's a big realization i had was that um my roots are just me and a guitar and i feel like this album was heavy on production i think um as you said that kind of coffee house feel is maybe the the direction i'm heading for this next pro project um we're just you know kind of the focusing on a few strong elements instead of you know just a whole production i'd be interested to and, and that used to be such a proving ground you think of the you know artists of the 70s a lot of them paid their dues in you know the greenwich village coffee houses in the 60s oh yeah yeah definitely and you're, yeah. And you're, you're east coast so you get that reference absolutely yep <laughs> well another you know part of your uh story you know i'm reading your bio here on your website you say you see yourself as an outsider on the inside writing songs for music lovers and those who are searching for the way back home yeah so did did you want me to kind of elaborate on, on yeah especially, well especially the way back home which kind of sounds it's very poetic that sounds like a, a song in the making <laughs> thank you I, I might have to to uh follow that that song seed um but yeah to to um just to sum it up um you know uh in short i i had um you know halfway through my sophomore year of college i had a um a, a lot of build up to this but i had a, a mental health crisis that led to um, a lengthy stay and in treatment and self-reflection um and kind of changed the traje trajectory of my life um for the better um but i had to kind of unlearn a lot of you know unhealthy habits and kind of find my way back home um and then you know as you know i got out of treatment and started you know living my life um in in a way where i wasn't self-destruct destructing i i realized that the music i was making kind of coincided with that idea of you know having been lost and then finding my way back home and hoping that you know i could carry on the message that you know especially in a time where i feel like we're kind of in a mental health crisis that there is a light at the end of the tunnel if if you really you know put in the work um with your mental health and that's kind of the message i just want to carry out with my music and give people that kind of catharsis and listening well do you think when people go to college the expectations are too high i yeah i do i i feel like um it's interesting it's like it's kind of 
you're you're jumping out jumping out of the nest a little bit it's it's a big leap from you know just you know having structure to having to structure your life yourself and i feel like um you know i feel like it's a shock to the system for a lot of people including myself um i had you know my problems have kind of snowballed but i feel like that idea of just completely jumping into the unknown kind of exacerbated um you know that that side of you know my my mental health and um in retrospect i, I feel like if i took a year before and kind of eased my way into college i feel like the that i the outlook could have been a lot better um and i think maybe that's food for thought and I don't know. Maybe when I have kids, I'll you know try to ease ease them in as as opposed to I don't know. It's just it's interesting. It's interesting. I would think for your generation, you have so many options that sometimes that can be paralyzing. For it's sure. Like, it's like wow, we we're we're kind of golden and we can do anything and be anything, and we have so many resources. But you know, what's the flip side of that? right yeah it's just kind of getting law it's it's like you're spread so thin it's kind of like um it's it's almost mind-boggling a little bit um and i feel like it's easy to it's easy to it's easy to get get lost if you don't know how to navigate it all right well give me an idea like berkeley school of music your classmates were they all just so sure about what they wanted to do or how they wanted to use this music degree yeah i and again this is just my my perspective coming into it i felt like there's other um onus of of not having any familiarity with music theory coming into it i like are very minimal it seemed like most of my peers they had a good understanding of the curriculum um and i you know i always struggled in terms of um in terms of you know academics it never came naturally to me and now you know coming into it i just kind of felt like um unprepared i knew i wanted to do music i got into the school based on an audition but i just came in i felt just I, I I felt so alone um, in just, <laughs> you know, just a whole, this foreign concept of music theory and, and you know, I, I feel like it was just an, it wasn't a unique position, but it was an interesting position to be in. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a tough career path for like a pop musician. Like say, you, you know, you want to write movie soundtracks for a living. You know, then the education kicks in because it's almost like, you know, doing classical music. Or if you want to teach music. But really, what is the perfect career path for you know a songwriter and a pop musician? Exactly. Yeah, it's it. I feel like. Um, there There is no right way, right? It's like if you're as you said, if you're doing film scoring, it's like you have a little bit more of a. A carved out path but just wanting to be a 
a pop musician it's just there's just so many it's just endless possibilities and it's hard to really find your way we sometimes just want to get an old van and drive around the country and play coffee houses every night yeah yeah that (laughs) there's definitely the like that idea of you know and many times in in my stay at berkeley i'm like it would be nice to do something like that um but again you know my my parents always put a huge emphasis on on college and um so that kind of kept me um on the straight line and i'm glad i'm glad i went through with it and graduated because now i feel like i you know have you know a toolbox i can use out in in the real world in terms of music sir are you an on-call substitute music teacher (laughs) uh right now i um I'm, i'm figuring it out i maybe music education would would be a way to go but um just right now i feel like i'm in the process of figuring it out um because it's because i get that you want to hedge the bet with a college degree but then you also want to keep your schedule free enough to play gigs and you know tour you know how, how do you balance that yeah it's it's tricky i um so i coming out of college i you know had was very fortunate to meet um a friend at school that um recorded my album um this this most recent album birdie's world and graduating in um you know last year i i was uh very lucky to kind of have that that structure of working on an album um you know still like staying out my lease in an apartment and um i was um you know making money as a waiter so it kind of it almost kind of extended the the uh i don't know my my musical journey up in in boston a little bit longer and i feel really lucky to have had that experience but now you know having moved back home to philadelphia i feel like now i'm trying to um you know really just find out which way to go um and it's it's interesting I, just um you know applying for jobs and in in music um and but also looking at you know maybe other career paths to pay the bills while i try to you know sustain this this uh you know this dream this passion um playing shows locally um so yeah it's it's a lot to figure out it's a it's a lot of possibilities to to sift through but um yeah well wasn't sting a school teacher before they hit a big with the police that's that's what i heard oh yeah uh english teacher right i would hope so since he (laughs) since he is english (laughs) (laughs) i like well would you say you're you're more introverted or extroverted um i'm definitely I'd say I'm definitely uh just naturally introverted. I I 
would love to i'm working i'm work i'm an introvert working on being more extroverted um because it's it's comfortable to be able to sit in my room and spend hours working on a song but i definitely would love to you know experience you know as i said potentially being in a band with other people and kind of you know see that through so well, when you get booked for a gig, say it's a smaller coffee house gig or just, you know, something a little more intimate, do you feel excited? Do you feel nervous? Is it a mixture? Like like what goes through your head, you know, before you go on stage? There's definitely that um there's definitely that adrenaline rush. Um I feel like having played for people over the past five years more than I ever have in my life. I've kind of learned how to almost channel it into uh, into the performance as opposed to letting like the nerves affect me. Um, there's always going to be those jitters, though, but it's about, I feel like I've, I've just learned how to channel it in a different direction. Because I, I can think of times, you know, like going up at a school assembly or at a talent show and just being scared out of my mind and just almost kind of blacking out on stage. But, um, you know, having practice, putting myself out there more, um, it's, it never goes away that those jitters never go away, but you just learn how to channel them and into the performance as opposed to let it take over, you know, let it take over yeah so one thing a berkeley education gives you is that professional confidence oh absolutely and you know you're it'll never get more nerve-wracking than uh playing you know to a room of professional musicians because they're analyzing every aspect of what you're doing and i feel like that getting that feedback and you know learning to live through that really just it, it thickened up my skin a lot and kind of gave me at first it, it it was you know it broke me broke me down to build me back up stronger I'd at, say. so at berkeley school of music what's the best advice uh, an instructor gave you for performing that's a great question um I have to, to search. I I think it's it was just to kind of it sounds simple, but be in the moment, look at the audience, connect with them, realize how lucky you are to be up there bearing your soul to the room and the honor that is. I feel like it's really kind of approaching and that, this kind of comes back to the nerves of it all. It's like approaching it with, with gratitude because, you know, it's only going to last so long. So you might as well learn to appreciate the moment and connect with the audience. So at what point do you know you've, you've got the audience? You, you know that they're receptive to you? Um... That's a great question. I feel like I feel like it kind of 
I guess it depends on what music you play, but for me, it's like a stillness, a sense of stillness kind of falls over the room and you can tell that they're engaged and locked in to, you know, to the words you're saying. Um, I feel like for me, that's that's how I know that I've captured their, I've captured the audience, so to speak. Do you play a combination of originals and cover songs? Yeah, I'll, um, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mix. Probably 90% originals when I play out, but, uh, you know, 10% cover songs. So like throwing them a bone so they just have some grounding, like, oh yeah, we like the originals, but it's nice to hear something familiar. Exactly. Yes. 100%. Is kind of so what are you, what are your go-to cover songs let me think um i'm trying to think of the key cover songs i i'd say um we have um fix you by Coldplay. um i like doing strawberry fields by the beatles um what else don't look back in anger by oasis um kind of stripped down versions of those songs um you know those seem to be the crowd pleasers and kind of are a nod to my musical dna because i noticed on tiktok you you do some cover songs oh yeah yeah tiktok yes absolutely um when it comes to going live on social media in this case tiktok um definitely have a little bit heavier on the covers just because you're trying to capture the attention of of the viewer right they can scroll at any given moment and they're not there in the room with you um so in that case um it's definitely it's it's good to kind of give people something to latch on to and then maybe introduce them to an original um i'd say that's that's the best approach when people just kind of have it at their fingertips. I think I heard you sing a, a few bars of Dancing in the Moonlight. Oh, yeah. Who, who did that originally? Dancing in the Moonlight? Um, I think it was King Harvest who, who did That's that. That's right. That was good. So, you know, the songs like that, you know, never go out of style. But I think... Um, it's like when T- Quentin Tarantino will like put a song like that in one of his movies and suddenly everyone remembers it again. Oh yeah, it's just time timeless. It's like you want to figure out, you know, what it's it's kind of the magic of it. It's like how after so many years, it's like it just kind of carries that same feeling for for generations that, you know, didn't even grow up with that music. Well, what's that Marvel movie series that plays so many uh, songs from like the seventies? Guardians of the Galaxy. That's yeah, that's right, that's right. That's kind of like a cool, you know, greatest hits of the seventies. You know, for like young people that would otherwise never hear that music. Absolutely, I think that's that's a really cool asset or aspect with the uh, with like he has the. Um, what's it called the 
kind of tape player that he carries along, and it's like I, I just think oh, is, it, is it a Walkman like a Sony yeah Walkman? yeah the, the Walkman, and that's kind of how they they frame it, and it's really it's like a cool mesh of the the past and future. I like that, and for you, when you do a cover, does that help you more deeply analyze the song and maybe absorb some of that into your songwriting? Absolutely. Um, I, 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 I think it does. Just kind of, I feel like it almost adds to the the intrigue and and the mystery of it all. It's trying to put yourself in in that in that time frame you know being so far removed from it um mm -hmm. i really i i feel like just there's something that is just makes you wanna it's almost i, I don't know not to get too out there with it but it's almost like it's like time travel it's like you're putting yourself in that era um mm -hmm. and I, I feel like that really does kind of add to the mystery of it all and what you know you can take away from it. I think as a guitarist, just, you know, fingering those chord changes on a song like Dancing in the Moonlight, you know, you get very intimate with that and the melody. And, and I think, um, not that today's music is so simplistic, but I don't think we have quite the complexity as, you know, the average 70s uh, soft rock song. Absolutely. Yeah. 100 percent. that's another it's just not to sound too elitist but i feel like the, the harmony is of you know in cl using classic rock it's just it's just so much more adventurous uh and you can just i don't know i just love getting lost in it what well, does this make you want to collaborate with like-minded individuals absolutely i i i really do look look forward to to that experience um just outside like having collaborated with producers is one thing but just finding musicians that you know kind of understand the world i'm coming from and, and connecting to kind of their universe is just something i would love to do well where you live there in the philadelphia area do you you must have some kind of local culture paper i know uh there used to be just you know uh rock music only you know uh newspapers that had all the concert listings and things but you must have some the, the paper that musicians you know put in the classified you know seeking lead singer of band or seeking bass player do you like have the equivalent there where you live yeah i actually i um excuse me i just um talked to um actually set up a phone call with a local um musician and i just having moved back to the area i want to be able to you know have access to you know places like that and um i you know i followed some facebook groups and you know some instagram pages so i'm really starting to dip my toes Dip my toes into you know exposing myself to the the Philly movie or uh, music scene. Right, and I think nowadays it would be online or Craigslist and Meetup, but 
if you want to put yourself in the shoes of a musician back in the 70s, they would blindly, you know, answer some ad in the back pages of one of these newspapers, you know, maybe wait three weeks, maybe finally get a phone call, you know, go into an audition at some some sketchy yeah. <laughs> rehearsal <laughs> hall. You know, have you ever put yourself in that position? Absolutely. Um, in terms of putting myself out there like that, I'd say the closest I've come to it is, you know, meeting somebody in the cafeteria at school that's, you know, a stranger to me at that point, and then, you know, building a, a friendship based on a, a jam session. Um, it's so interesting just how technology has changed everything. Um, but who knows? Maybe that those adventures are are on the horizon. Having a join these, uh, like one of them is um, DIY Music Philly. So maybe I'll uh, have some adventures in store. Well, creative chemistry is it's probably even more important than talent or skill because you really have to be in sync with someone, you know, musically. I, I would almost think. Answering a music ad is is trickier than adding a a dating ad. Oh, one hundred percent. I I actually, interestingly enough, that's kind of how you know my first or sorry my last album came to be was I was reaching out on you know Berkeley music pages and I said, hey, I I want to record some of these songs I have. If you're a producer, like I would love to chat with you and um i you know had a few leads and you know it's it's kind of hard you got to weigh weigh it out um without having really met them um and i started talking to my now friend uh trey espinoza and you can just it's it's something that you can just feel like upon talking to him i just knew that he understood what i was going for and he could as a producer could frame it exactly how i wanted it and fill in those um gaps for me um mm -hmm. and vice versa and um yeah it's it is it's almost it's you have to be way more choosy than <laughs> dating because it's it's your your music is like you know your baby and you want to put it in the right hands so that was a very interesting experience. I know some songwriters, they like to work alone, but some, they do get the better out of them when they collaborate. So like for you, you know, are, are you looking for like a, a John Lennon to your McCartney? I mean, hey, if, if the stars align, I am not opposed to it. I'd say, um, I'd say the most... Um, to date, the most kind of productive collaborations I've had is are are with producers um, because they, you know, I'm I'm not a very technical person at all, um, so like have, putting the forces of, you know, creativity and then they have the technical side, also creative side, but I feel like kind of putting those two powers together, I, I've seen. The best results but if i can find you know a john to my paul so to speak i that would that 
that would be the dream. I'd love to, you know, have that type of relationship. Or how about the Keith to your Mick? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. So on your website, you say you draw inspiration from the Beatles, of course, but also Mac DeMarco, Rex Orange County, and John Mayer, to name just a few. And I must be so out of it. Who's Rex Orange County? He's like, um, he's like a, he's a indie pop guy. Um, he, um, there's kind of like, um, some tinges of like blue eye soul in there, but it's, it's mostly, um, it's mostly like, um, indie rock. Um, he's kind of like the, the face of indie rock for, the uh the younger half of gen z okay see i'm actually going to put that on my tickler list now and make a point to listen to some rex orange county today it's got some great stuff and i'll see if i'll see if he has any um peter gorell influences there you go i'm interested to hear (laughs) (laughs) well hey before we wrap up um, i do want to talk a little more about the album but first uh, where should people go to learn more about you online? Yeah, so um, if you want to check out my website, it's just petergural.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Peter Gurel Music. You can follow me on TikTok at Peter Gurel Music. And of course, um, follow me on Spotify um, at Peter Gurel or um, Apple Music. So, yeah. Excellent. And, you know, on your website, you can see uh, album info, but you've got a really cool section of just lyrics. And I like when people print their lyrics to their songs. And just for example, I'm going to quote a couple, but you do have the lyrics for the single Birdie's World from the album Birdie's World. Oh, yeah. And let me just uh, quote a couple. Birdie works a nine to five down at the Alamo station. She was taught to bide her time, but she's growing weary of patience. That almost seems like it could be like a a John Mellencamp song. High praise. Yeah. So yeah. like how did like how did you get inspired for this song? Did you actually witness from afar, you know, a woman working at a gas station? So the um it's interesting. I kind of it's a lot of it is inspired by it's kind of like a it's in my mind i see it as like a cartoon um like having been in you know uh like southwestern towns and and kind of getting that idea of like how somebody could could long for more and then also the idea of you know my my significant other um Carrie, who's an artist, um, just kind of the idea of being an artist and wanting to get out to the great big world, but having factors that you know can hold you back from it. And it's kind of like it's it's kind of like it's follow your your dreams is is the 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 big takeaway from it. Um Alamos like I was thinking with the Alamo station, it's kind of like She's a. This is gonna sound very heady, but she's 
like a it, it, and if you see this through the lens of a cartoon almost it's like she's a bird that works at a car rental station like the alamo car rental is kind of what i had in mind outside of the the airport so it's she wants to get on get on a plane and fly away there's just like tinges of uh it's almost a little bit satirical um and i guess i was just kind of having fun with that aspect of it it was kind of a an adventure of the mind when exploration of the imagination so to speak I like that. So what's the most personal song you've ever written? The most personal song? Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'd say it's uh, just off of the album or just in general? I would say in general. Uh we have one that's very literal called living dysfunction oh yeah living in dysfunction um yeah that i'd say that is that's a more personal one it's um just it's yeah it's, it comes from a place of you know my past um kind of dealing with um somebody like who is for instance is you know a narcissist and having to kind of live with with that you know like you don't know going into the relationship that you're going to be kind of playing playing into a game so to speak and it's kind of like it's not sometimes it's not so so simple as just kind of leaving there's you know emotions attached to people and um, it's kind of that idea of feeling trapped, but looking upon the the horizon for when you can liberate yourself from, you know, that situation. Um, you have another yeah. song called Lost Island Man. You didn't even notice you were out of focus, stranded on an island far from view. It's pretty heavy. Yeah 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 um it's it's interesting i feel like a lot of these songs are snapshots of you know impressions of people that i've met throughout my life um a big part of that song is is actually not my experience but somebody that i i cared for you know and um Kind of how... Well, let me challenge you on that, because even if you're writing about another person, how much of you still comes through in that song? It's interesting. Um, I feel like I feel like probably just it's it's like um, I guess it's just my interpretation. Um, so I'd say. I'd say all all of me comes through. It's it's how you know I'm seeing it through my eyes, um, and you know the questions I ask, and maybe based on the answers I'm given from another person and kind of what I I make of it. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good question. 
Lost Island Man, what's your plan? Will you wait around till you're found? Or is this what you wanted to never be discovered out here? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, the song is, it's about, um, it's about somebody else, but I kind of bring it back to myself a little bit and kind of being introverted and kind of almost relating to the the lost island man um i mean have there been times when you just want to be off the radar just kind of do your own thing without people noticing yeah absolutely i've i've felt i've i don't know there's times in my life where i've felt like especially in like the darker times you know having been through recovery it's like sometimes you just wish you could get away from it all um when things get to be too much um and i feel like that's the um that's a therapeutic aspect of music for me um and when you write that do you feel like it does sort of purge some things it, it does does some healing and it kind of at least you think you know what i've explored this i don't need to you know keep keep beating this i can move on from this absolutely um it's it's definitely um it's like a, it's like a catharsis um as you said like just kind of kind of purge my subconscious whatever's weighing on on my psyche a lot of the times or whatever's present in my mind um sometimes it's stream of consciousness sometimes it's intentional sometimes it's both and that's the uh i guess that's the magic of it so 30 years from now how do you think you'll look at the song lost island man it's interesting um who's to say i guess um hopefully with the with the deeper understanding for the the lyrics and and how they are received by the listener almost bringing myself outside of my understanding or maybe you'll say wow i really love how i, I my songwriting was just so clear and simple right right that yep that is because sometimes uh, do you think artists they start out strong and simple and then they 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 make it more convoluted they they make it more complicated than it needs to be Oh for sure um that's a great point um yeah like sometimes uh I I I'm trying to think of an example like I think it depends how it lands but I guess like with the Beatles are a great example of kind of starting out like with you know very great but simple pop tunes um and kind of getting more adventurous with it um and i feel like there's a lot of gold that's uncovered through that exploration but it's interesting that you say that because as a listener sometimes you're like i would just wish they could you know kind of come back to the roots a little bit um so yeah it's a that's a that's an interesting point and food for thought for sure.
Well, at least I hope at Berkeley School of Music, they taught you the power of simplicity. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, a, f a few impactful words are are better than, you know, just a lot of words. <laughs> they, they taught that to you in between teaching you know, how to fill out student loan forms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't yeah. school expensive nowadays? Oh my god, it's it's insane. Do you ever feel like, wow, I've invested so much in this. Even if I don't like music anymore, I, I better get my money's worth. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like you have the rose colored glasses on as you know a 17, 18 year old kid and it just sometimes you wish you had more of a the voice of reason in your ear but also i don't think i'd trade it in for anything because i i feel like i am who i am now because of that um and as an artist and as a person um but yeah it it's 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 interesting. It's an interesting time we live in. College for some people, it, it helps them decide not only what they want to do, but then they learn, wow, I really don't want to do this, or I don't have the aptitude for this. And I think that's kind of scary when people, they kind of continue something when when they realize they really don't like it. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, it is. It is kind of like a it's a shot in the dark right now and i i think you know finding your path should come in way earlier than the latter half of high school just so kids don't have to run into that i think um i don't know some some sort of idea of or maybe some direction should be given in the early stages of of uh, you know, high school or even middle school, just so kids don't have to face that dilemma and make a split-second decision. You know, a music career is tough. You know, when you feel frustrated, what keeps you going? Um, when I—that's a great question. I, I think a lot, a lot of the times. You know, I guess that answer has kind of evolved throughout time. Um, I guess one side of it is just just always coming back to again that that peaceful feeling of just being able to create and having gratitude for that. Um, but also just having a good support system, you know having good friends to kind of keep it in perspective for you is is really important um and yeah i i think it's like especially like with my my girlfriend now has been a huge sense of support and you know take it a day at a time you know it's not gonna all happen at once and just appreciate what you've done so far um 
and it sounds simple but it's even you know simple advice like that can having, be your... well having sure having created birdie's world you know this full album what kind of confidence does that give you um it it definitely i feel like i've you know it kind of i don't know it's like a sense of it's like a uh a sense of fulfillment and it almost adds it feel i feel like it strengthened my my armor so to speak cuz i just have added to my index of of songs that you know i can just pull out a guitar and and play for people you know and um hopefully they connect and get what they need to out of it you know and do you feel as an artist this gave you a fully realized you know piece of art i do it's interesting um it's kind of it's always like i i I feel like i've heard other people say this as well but it's you really do have to be have like i don't know you gotta have to be deliberate in making yourself pause and appreciate what you did because it's so easy to want to move on to the next you know big thing um and i i'd say that um now that i'm aware of it it makes it a little bit easier to kind of be deliberate about that and just take a moment and let it in um when i first started creating music it, you build up this you know huge idea of it and then you know everything that you wanted it to be and everything you thought it was going to be and then it's easy to just kind of crash because you know it's no longer it's no longer that a dream it's it's out in the world it's a it's it's something that is you know accessible to to others and their interpretations and i feel like it's just really good to keep in mind that you know you're always going to long for something more but that's that's the beauty of it and that's how you just keep creating is kind of following that that intuition and wherever it takes you now who did the artwork for the album cover so that was yeah my my girlfriend carrie um yeah she she killed it yeah i like that it and it looks like a duck holding the earth yeah yeah it's like a it's kind of like the fully realized version of a uh, birdie <laughs> yeah so is is birdie a duck or another kind of bird it's interesting I, I feel like it's almost like she's a bird of her own she's maybe like a a, a hybrid of sorts sort of a universal bird exactly exactly well, it's sort of, you know, in a two-dimensional drawing, I couldn't tell, like, the Earth, it's round, but since it's two-dimensional, was this supposed to represent a globe, or was this supposed to be, like, a flat Earth picture? Yeah, it's supposed to, I'd say it's like she's carrying the world under her wing, like it's Birdie's world. It's kind of, it's very literal. <laughs> so do, do you believe Earth is a globe, or, or is it flat? I believe I you know I've heard theories I 
I am under the impression that it's a globe, but you know, everybody has the right to believe what they want to believe, you know. I also like how there's a little airplane pulling a banner that says Birdie's World on top. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's like a nice little little detail. It works on many levels and and of course the cool sunglasses on the bird. Exactly. Yeah, I love what she did with it. Isn't that cool when visual art can match the tone of the music? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's I feel very lucky. It's very good. So I, I still like the mystery of the flat earth. Thank you. Yeah, it's like you can always it's interesting. It's like you have this idea and then you can always find, you know, new things within it. Well, I want to give you the last word here. Now everyone's thinking, Peter Gorell is a flat earther. No. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> Up until a year ago, I don't think I, think I even knew what the flat earth movement was. It's, it's definitely Anyways, interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. Hey, and you know what? We're free to speculate and have fun with it. So, exactly. you know, you're at a very important point now. You've got this album, you've got this cool video to it. You know, you've got so much going on. It sounds like you've overcome a lot. You've really clarified, you know, who you are as an artist. So what are you most enjoying about, you know, this time in both your life and your career? Um, I'm, I'd say I'm just enjoying, just embracing the moment of having, you know, accomplished you know, this feat of releasing an album and being in between phases of of my life. I'm just really, really just trying to appreciate, you know, taking it day by day and, and um, you know, looking back at what I've accomplished so far and just kind of keeping it all in perspective um, because, you know, 16-year-old Peter could have, wouldn't wouldn't have dreamed that I would have accomplished what I did now and gone through the things that I have. So it's I just like to keep my sense of gratitude about it. Well then I ought to share a lyric from around the bend. There's no reason to be lonely tonight. There's no reason to keep it inside. Keep your head up and I'll see you around the bend. Exactly. Exactly. Always, you know, fight, fight that, fight, fight the urge to, to lock yourself. And I'm still following my own advice. Um, fight the urge to, you know, shut yourself out from the world and experience other people. And that's what, you know, the beauty of, of life is all about. Peter <laughs> Gorell, I'm just so glad you're carrying the torch. Uh, of a little bit of the mellower side of rock and and really creating something very personal to you. Thank you, Kelly. I really enjoyed this conversation and thanks for having me. Hey, I hope we get to talk again. And maybe next time I talk to you, we, we can talk about uh, that you had have written a song called Flat Earth. <laughs> there we go. This has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.